1: Hey there everybody, Glenn Blakeney here and welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. Today I sit down with Matt Sapala, also known as the Money Smart Guy. I'm going to be talking about his journey, how he came to Christ and how God has blessed and prospered his business. He's also the author of a book called Faith Made Millionaire. It's an intriguing interview. I know you're going to be blessed as you hear his story. Hey, Matt Cipolla, welcome to the Kingdom Community Show. So glad to have you with us today.
2: Amen. Blessed to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, yeah. An honor for sure. Hey, so just want to ask you about someone who's greatly influenced your life to the point that you are who you are today, largely because of them. Would you just share about that person?
2: It's got to be my current mentor, uh, the CEO, founder of PHP Agency and the host of Valuetainment you know, Patrick and David came into my life in uh, 2009 initially. It's actually in, in the, we, we've got our book here, Faith Made Millionaire. The first text that he sent me or Facebook message he sent me in uh, uh, November of 2009 was a recruiting message. And uh, he just started his company back then. And fast forward six years later, or well, long forward six years later, I responded to him and we had some dialogue and that was December of 2014. And uh, he's mentored me in many different ways, you know, uh, family, finance, business, spiritual. It's it's very odd that you can find a mentor that can guide you and lead you in those areas. So I call him a once in a generation type of man, a once a generation type of CEO and once a generation type of leader. So uh, blessed to have him in my life. And he's definitely uh, who's helped me, my wife and I and our family become who we are today.
1: That's awesome. Well, hey, Matt, uh, your book, Faith Made Millionaire, obviously, Faith Made Millionaire. What about you and your faith? When was your come to Jesus moment?
2: Yeah, right. It's it's actually in the book. uh, I wrote it during, um, it was Operation Restore Hope. It was uh, 1992, and um, I was aboard the USS Tripoli. I was deployed as the United States Marine. I was only 19 years old. And uh, we're, we're getting armed, and we're getting uh, we're getting our armor on our helicopters. We're getting our body armor. We're getting our weapons cleaned and ready to go. We're ready, to, you know, get our battle rattle on. And uh, uh, a Navy sailor had approached me, and he said, "Excuse me, Marine. By the way, Glenn, if you don't know anything much about Marines and Navy, especially on a Navy ship, it's kind of like, hey, listen, if you're in the Navy, don't talk to me. I'm a Marine. You don't talk to me. <laughs> it's kind of like that, you know. Right. We're, like we're like the Billy Badasses of the of the ship, right? So you don't you don't talk to us and." Uh, so anyway, he, he says, listen, Marine, I'm like, yep, if you don't come back, if you don't come back tonight, do you know where you'd end up? Wow. And because uh, our, our mission was at three o'clock that morning. And um, I'm like, I said, are you talking about you talking, what I think you're talking about? Are you talking about heaven? He goes, yep, I'm absolutely talking about heaven. Hmm. And, and I said, well, I, I'm going to go to heaven. And he says, you don't sound very sure and I'm like, I'm sure. I said, you don't sound very sure. I said, yeah, okay, you're right. Maybe I, maybe I could have a little bit of reassurance. And anyway, make a story. So I said, listen, if you allow us, we'd like to pray for you to make sure that if you don't come back tonight, you go to heaven. I said, no problem. Uh, when, when and where? Right here? No, no. We'll pray later tonight, 7 o'clock at the ship's library. No problem. So I said, my one condition. You can't tell any of my other Marines that I'm seeing you. Because <laughs> I don't saw that as a form of weakness, right? Right. Yeah. So I go down to the ship's library, 7 o'clock. Next you know, who do I find in the ship's library? Not only these two Navy sailors, but my entire platoon. I wow. took it to all my Marines. But these brothers were on a mission. They can care less if you're a Navy or Marines. They looked at you as a brother, uh, a brother in Christ, a, a, a child of God. And they want to make sure that your soul is right with, with our creator and that you go to him if something were to happen to you here on Earth. And so, uh, again, Brother Johnson, Brother White was aboard the USS Tripoli 1992-1993. I lost touch with you because back then there was no social media. Right. But if you happen to listen to this podcast, you happen to come across my book, I am talking about you. Please reach out to me.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, Matt, let's talk about your business for a moment, and then I just want to kind of get a, a sense of how the Bible has helped influence the way you run your business.
2: Yeah, so I'm in the insurance business, so I actually take a lot of lessons from pastors. And how they sell the intangible. You know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, pastors, I, I think it's pretty brilliant that, you know, they're building a church. I'm building a business. Right. You're working with uh, a product that's intangible. I'm selling a product that's intangible. Like, for example, people put $50 a month towards an insurance policy for life insurance. You know, it's worth $500,000 on paper if a crisis happens in my life. Currently, I don't have that $500,000 in that example. Same thing to the pastors. Right now, if I pray, accept the Lord Jesus into my heart and walk according to his ways, according to his will, I don't have have salvation that I could tangibly touch, right? And then you're building a church. you're, You're asking for donations. You're asking for financial support. And, and through tithings and offerings that it's not meant for you but it's meant to uh, to build the kingdom so there's a lot of parallels that i learned from pastors on sunday mornings i'm just not receiving the word word i'm actually getting some business advice on sunday mornings <laughs> but uh you know being the insurance business it's a uh, um it's been a it's a great thing for for, for me I, I i stumbled across this industry i um found this industry by complete mistake at the time, I was a 24-year-old, 25-year-old United States Marine who just went through a marriage, who went through a of his first kid, who went through a divorce and filed for bankruptcy in all the same year. Wow. So my life was a complete mess, Glenn. And, um, and so I stumbled across a couple years later. I stumbled across the insurance business because I was leaving the Marine Corps. They would not allow me to reenlist because I was a deployed Marine with a, with, with a single dad situation. So they I'm basically not usable because they couldn't deploy me. And so um, I chose my family versus chi- finding child care, so I can go stay in the Marines. And um, over two decades now, I've been inside the insurance business. Uh, I've been through it's going to go. It's going to be my third recession now that I've been through. I've been through dot com bubble. I've been through the oh seven oh nine Great Recession. I've been through this pandemic, and now we're about to. We're, we're right now currently in a housing recession. And you know, regardless if the government has announced it or not, we're currently right now in a recession. And uh, been through this, and none of our clients have lost money in times of crisis. Uh, we've been there with a check, and so you know we we talked to a lot of real estate agents and a lot of uh, loan officers lately, and we said we've we said to them in the best of financial times, your license, your business helps people in the best financial times. My license helps people in the worst of financial times keep the assets that you help them help them acquire. Wow. So so it's it's peanut butter and jelly right now to the mortgage community, real estate community, and I'm blessed to be inside the insurance industry working. You know, schedule my own time, create my own schedule, unlimited income, make and make a more importantly make a massive impact on the clients that we serve. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So you know, obviously, I've been on your YouTube channel, uh, Seven Figure Squad. Man, you've got some amazing content on there. Really good stuff. Really appreciate it. Uh, Watched your video about King Solomon and uh, was really, really intrigued by that. And as a preacher myself, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> I learned something <laughs> from you. You're preaching it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's talk about how King Solomon has influenced your life.
2: When I was deeping into being, you know, business is going to force you to develop. You know, be, being an entrepreneur is going to cause you to improve. If you don't improve, you're going to be out of business. If you don't adapt, you know, your competitors are going to eat your eat your lunch. Right. So in this process of me deepening my business knowledge uh, and me and me stumbling back into the church after, you know, leaving the Marine Corps, because there was, there's a, you know, a little bit of backsliding uh, years there for me. And then, and then, and then a brother in church, because I just thought that sometimes church was a little boring for me. It wasn't keeping my attention until a brother broke down the Bible at a, at a men's breakfast. And I'm like, I've never heard the Bible spoken that way. And so it attracted me back into, into, into the church. And in my process of wanting to improve, I simultaneously go on Sunday mornings back to church. And I want to be better. I want to be a better man. I want to be a better leader. And um, next you know, I'm sitting in in, in in church one day, and I've got my Bible. I'm just flipping through. The pastor's preaching, but I'm just flipping through the Bible and running across Proverbs. I'm running across Ecclesiastes. I'm like, these are some gems. Yeah. This is like, my, I think these are like the original mean tweets <laughs> and the original nuggets of wisdom. I'm looking at everything that was applying to how I was living my life and how I was looking to build a business and how I was looking to build my finances and be a steward of, 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 money. And, uh, I just got engrossed. You know, most pastors, if you're looking for salvation, right, you 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 lead them to the book of John. Um, for me, I, I, the way I win souls is I win them through their pocketbook. I win them through the bank account. I win souls back to Christ, to Christ, uh, through helping people with their with their understanding of money. And, um, every, every time I look at a proverb, the situation, I just Google scenario, a proverb seems to just apply to that scenario. And so, you know, that, that's my, that's my biblical hero right there outside of Jesus. That's my number one biblical hero, King Solomon.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And you know, it's true. The Bible talks about how the Lord is given to us through his word, his promises, exceedingly great and precious promises that literally pertained all things with life and godliness, you know. So life—it's not just pie in the sky and the sweet by and by, but right now, here and now, we need uh, God's wisdom. So obviously yep. Solomon's all about that. Uh, another p- portion of scripture that really has influenced your life is the parable of the talents. Why don't you tell us about oh, that? Oh yeah,
2: you know, you know the the premise of the parable of the talents—you know—a master is entrusting his servants as he's about to go on a journey. And the, the, the part of that parable that got me was he gave them three different sums of money according to their ability. So I just stopped right there according to their, what their ability. So the master trusted them according to how he knew what their work ethic was, what they knew their their current mindset was, what the current uh, skill sets were. And he gave one, not only according to their ability, but then as he departed, what they did with the money when they left. And so the one that he gave the least, he gave one talent, right away So Listen, I don't know how to make this thing work. You know, you guys are expecting me to do something with this. I don't know anything because my master here, you know, I, I know how tough he is, how hard-nosed he is. I just don't want to get on his bad side by trying to do something with the money and then losing it. i just rather say, you know what, let me just tuck it away and bury it. And so therefore when he comes back, at least I can come back to this. I didn't I didn't do anything with it. But the other two, according to Billy, have different sums of money though. But both of them doubled it, right? And so, what I'm looking, when I'm looking at that scripture. Is that am I operating in faith, like these the other two uh, uh, talents, uh, the other service with the more talents of of, of 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 blessings, or am I operating in a spirit of fear? So that's where I started. Really, that's where the scripture started speaking to me, because mm-hmm. oftentimes when I am helping clients, when I am recruiting people to my industry, I see the spirit of fear or the strength of faith appearing in everybody. I don't care. And by, by the way, Glenn, I've seen, I've recruited uh, in a recruiting interview, I've had a full bird colonels in the Marine Corps in charge of 30,000 Marines in the middle of wow. war. And it was time for them to go and to do something else, to have a transition career. And I'm recruiting them into my industry. I, I said, Colonel, you'd be great as your leader of men. People listen to you, men of influence, da, da, da. I, to, I had this full bird colonel tell me, Matt, what you do, I'm scared of doing. I don't know how you do what you do. I'm absolutely frightened. I've never mentioned that to any other Marine, but I'm definitely frightened to do what you do. I'm, I'm looking at him like, what? And he said, six months later, what do I find him doing? He's driving Uber. Oh, wow. Sir, you are a colonel in the United States Marine in charge of 30,000 Marines. Now you're driving Uber because you he bought into his fear, hmm. not his faith. And, um, and then at the same time, I've got, you know, you got guys like me with no college degree, with, with, with no inheritance, no literacy about money growing up. And then, and then God just says, Hey, listen, whoever steps near to me, I step near to them. Uh And that part of that process evolving as a, as as a believer, seeing God's work manifest and, and and make it a real thing in my life. It's just, I like Glenn, I, I don't deserve what I have today. Mm-hmm. There, I am nobody, and there's no pedigree. There's nothing about me that says, "Oh, you have a house here. You, you know, you should be having this type of business." you you have three thousand agents across the country. Nothing about me. If you knew me growing up, says I deserve this. I'm just simply a manifestation of of God's goodness and grace and mercy yeah. in in Amen. in my life.
1: Yeah, so good. You know, uh, Matt. One of the things that I've learned is. You know, it says in Psalm seventy-eight that David shepherded Israel with integrity of heart and skillfulness of hands, hmm. and there's that balance there. Um, that, as you mentioned, the the actual parable of the talents, they had to do something, right? They had to work. Yeah. Uh, clearly, you you've been diligent and you've studied and you've learned, and and the Lord has helped you. And and yet, you know, the balance there is is we look to God, but then He helps us, and then we have to be obedient. So yeah. one, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, um, especially in recent years, it, probably in the past two years during COVID, is there's a lot of transition happening in the Great Resignation, but it's not mm-hmm. only been the Great Resignation, generally speaking, of the population, but even in ministry. So I'm talking about pastors now, particularly, and a lot of pastors that I knew that were just pastors for many, many years are now shifting into the marketplace. They're starting businesses, oh, doing wow. things on the side, including myself. Wow. And and uh, I I really feel that the Lord is in this, um, and and so it's not like it's like oh well it's not based on fear or what am i going to do or just a need but Mm -hmm. i really feel this is a way that the lord is leading us and yet i've had people say to me even what are you doing like you shouldn't be doing that like i'm still preaching the gospel i travel around the world (laughs) i'm raising leaders i don't have to go everywhere now because with technology we can do a lot of stuff online but i want to just talk about the myth of money being evil and you know we shouldn't be seeking after money in that sense um what are your thoughts on that
2: you yeah, know well, if that's the case then why did jesus recruit a tax collector why, why did jesus why was jesus first recruit as a disciple was an entrepreneur right mm-hmm. that that uh come to me peter i will make you fishermen of men because i know you got a lot of boats and we're gonna have a ministry here on the sea of galilee we probably need some transpo <laughs> <laughs> right we need to eat and you've got the equipment you got the Transportation. You got the relationships because we need to move. We need to move our disciples, and we need to move this ministry. So you know, when, when I'm thinking about that money, you shouldn't be seeing, Well, you, then why are there fundraisers? <laughs> you know, why, why is there you know outside of ties and offerings? Why is there kingdom offerings to build the kingdom, to build the right. facility, to build ministries? I mean, you need money. Right. Money is the necessary function to 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 have to open doors. And you know, our, you know, I believe my job is not to convert those already converted. Huh. I want to convert those; those are lost. Yeah, I want to convert those that are seeking but not finding an answer because they're caught up in religion. And when I get, for example, yesterday my on our on our channel, we I even interviewed a Muslim yesterday because even wow. in the Muslim faith, our relig- our religious cousins, a lot of them say that even in the Muslim faith. And so I was breaking it down. I was I was asking a Muslim entrepreneur, "Is it?" Is it bad heaven? Is it uh, what's the word they use? Is it uh, Hiram? is it is it riba? Is it the things that you can't uh, uh own and 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 build? So, you know, it's don't let I would say don't let somebody's individual understanding of what their faith is leading them to and only their shortcomings spill over in what you feel God has placed in your heart huh. because you know, the best, in, in my opinion, the best pastors out there are making an impact in the kingdom community. Why, why does, why does America give so much tax benefits to entrepreneurs? Right. You know, if you look at the IRS, if you're just an employee, you have this much tax benefits. If you're an entrepreneur, you have this many tax benefits. Why? Because the government's trying to incentivize entrepreneurs that are willing to take risks because they create jobs, they create taxes they create revenue they create commerce so people can start depending on each other versus the government
1: right
2: so i i think i think that's where now the flip side to that is when we are successful finance are we more dependent on our own talent and our own resources or are we still dependent upon the true source i think that's where a lot of people have 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 an edge and the way the way i look at it is that i i know god um he kind of left me in charge of these blessings, but I know he's in control, Sure, right? I'm yep. in charge here on earth, but I know ultimately he's in control. And so if you're going about money, I mean, if you look at King Solomon, if he thought money wasn't important, when, why was he the richest and wisest king who ever lived, right? And so, you know, only later in his life that he experienced, you know, uh, bad decisions. But for the most part, he led, you know, for 40 years, the people of Israel through a golden age. Yeah. And so they did a lot of things right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great. All right. Great response. Uh, let's talk about your book, Faith Made Millionaire. Got myself a copy here, oh, and uh, I've read it. Great stuff. Uh, what motivated you to write that book, and what's the message inherent in it?
2: What motivated was uh, a few things. Number one, I did have something in 2009, 2010. I was going to write a book. And for some reason, uh, this blend, the, the first publisher, my agent was a Christian. He led me to a Christian publishing company. And, brother, I just got scammed. I got scammed oh. hardcore. I got scammed by this Christian agent. I got scammed by this uh, Christian publishing company. I had oh, to buy man. my rights back, and uh, I said, "You know what? I'm not going to let man on earth ruin my relationship with Christ and my relationship with God. They're just bad people." Yeah, and so. I, I kind of got jaded and as, as time right. kept going and I kept evolving, people step back, kept telling me, you should write a book. You should write a book. You know, I, I'd speak on stage or I I'd teach coach and some of the same values and principles I'd repeat over and over and over and over again. Right. And for me, the book, right. the book is a way for me to always have a resource for people, regardless if I'm speaking or not, or people are not watching YouTube right. for them to crack open my thoughts that it's on black and white, what my journey was. And so it was, it, be a number one way to help establish the beginning of a relationship. The second one really is, is, is for my family, uh-huh. right? my children. I'm the, I'm the first author in my entire family. And so for the rest of our life now, it's registered with ISBN. It's in the library of Commerce, Congress. And for the rest of our lives, our generation, they're going to know how great, 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 great grandpa, Matthew, um, went about his life, his thoughts and how he came through financial ruin and rags, and how you create a richest type of story through his faith. And my hope is that my my descendants will pad in their life after that, that they understand what the first foundations are in their life. Uh, if from a financial home standpoint, strategy, how to, that insurance plays a big role in establishing your wealth. It's a great fun uh, financial, uh, wonderful tool to make sure if uh, things go wrong, you have a foundation in which to build on things aren't built on sand, but they're built on rock, not only in your faith, but also in your finances. And uh, to make sure that the five tenants, you know, the, the 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 things that we talk about, you know, faith, family, and finance, are all established. And at the same time, your fitness, your first health is your wealth. You want to take care yeah. of your temple, and along the way, that you have fun. You have fun in your walk with Christ. You have fun in your engagement here with with man and woman on earth. You have fun here the experience that God gives you here uh, on this land while you are here, and make an impact when you're long gone. You still make an impact. And I think my book, my YouTube channel. Every time I do a, a I got two more books coming up next year. And every time i do a video i like for example this this podcast who i'm really talking to is not necessarily the audience of your podcast but maybe my kids down the road 50 60 years from now, stumble across his across his link so oh yeah. that's the way my great grandfather looked like when he was 49 years old man i sound like him i talk like him you know i, I was thinking like things like he was thinking so that's that's the enjoying factor for me i'm, I'm talking to, to my descendants right
1: now yeah yeah so good yeah it's true Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you wrote the book and, uh, let's just wind things up by um, asking you how do people connect with you and get a copy of faith made millionaire.
2: Yeah. They can go to faith millionaire.org. You can get, you can get the links to Amazon. If you can want to just go to Amazon, go on your Amazon app. There's a, 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 you just click it right now. I think we discounted it for a couple bucks here for, uh, for the holiday season. So you can purchase it there, but uh, yeah, FaithMadeMillionaire.org. Amazon. Oh, and by the way, we just found out that Target picked it up, Barnes and Noble picked it up, uh, Goodreads picked it up, and I'm a self-published author, so it's not like I went through Penguin or or Simon and Schuster or or Tom, uh, Tom Warner. I'm a self-published yeah. guy. I just we created the book. I hired a book coach. We uploaded a PDF to uh, Kindle, a uh, KDP Amazon, and you know who, who am I to have a book that got picked up by Target and and Barnes and Noble? So, so any of those um, distribution outlets, you can obtain a copy.
1: Yeah. Well, good. Congratulations. Uh- on your book. Uh, well done. And uh, your website, mattzapala.com, those who are listening to the podcast, M-A-T-T-S-A-P-A-U-L-A.com, Lots of stuff on there. Um, what What's some of the ways people can connect with you as they visit your website?
2: Yeah, I, I think the easiest way to connect with me, I very uh, I don't engage much on the website, but I, I engage a lot on my Instagram uh, 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 profile. So uh, connect with me on Instagram at moneysmartguy. Uh, if you want to watch some of our long form content, you know, you can go to our YouTube channel at Seven Figure Squad, Seven Figure Squad, a channel dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire. So, therefore, you can become a first generation cash flow millionaire. So, it's uh, faith and finance principles through the lens of an entrepreneur, through the lens of a believer, just sitting in a congregation trying to figure out this thing called life through the lens of a, of a believer. And how do we make sense of this thing? And uh, that's the type of uh, content I put out there.
1: Well, I appreciate um, you sharing that and what you're doing. You know, one of the things that just comes to mind, I was in a country in Africa back in 2008. And, and this is something that just really broke my heart. Um, this country had was recovering from civil war for about 15 years. Mm. And what was going on is um, there was actually a real need economically for people of faith, you know, believers to get involved there and help rebuild this country. And what we saw was that uh, another particular religion was very active in helping to rebuild this and in that process, recruiting these people. In fact, many uh, Christians, so-called Christians, were changing and converting to that religion Mm -hmm, as as a result of that. So I really believe that, you know, the church is called to obviously advance the kingdom. And that's not just through praying. It's not just through preaching, but there's tangible things that we have to do as well in terms of uh, helping people and uh, you're, you're helping people to do that all over the world. But what, what what's your thoughts on that? Matt?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, why, why do the presidents that spend a billion dollars get voted as presidents because they're marketed, they're out there they're put out there. I mean, uh, well, why, why is, why is the wrong voice on social media today? Why is the entitled voice? Why is the victim voice? Why is the blame voice such a great recruiter today? Because uh-huh. it's all on social media. You know, back in the day, if it was just regular mainstream media when journalism was still journalism, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear a lot of those stories, uh-huh. right? You wouldn't hear a lot of people, you know, the victim story, the blame story. And now, what? And by the way, the victim story and the blame story and the entitlement story is a very attractive story. It's a very attractive message. But that's what gets the play on social media. So my point is, believers in the church, if you want to go out there and you want to recruit people for and win souls for Christ, if you want to go out there and make an impact in the kingdom, if you're a kingdom-type builder, you have to make an impact in, in what you're doing. And you need to be a promoter out there. You need to be, you need to be a marker. You need to be an ambassador. And if you are, are positioning yourself from a financial successful standpoint, people are attracted to that as well. I mean, uh-huh. people are attracted to people that are helping them out. And, and that's probably why they're paying attention to that other religion, because they were helping them out and they're winning, yep. winning souls for, for their, for their faith. Well, amen to them. But uh-huh. you know, hey, what about the home team? You know, the uh, you, you got to make sure that uh, people get to know you too as well. You, they got to get to know Christ through your works, through your resources. And if you're fundamentally saying, oh, I'm just going to, you know, give little and that's my contribution. No, you're you're actually called, you know, Deuteronomy 818. God has created you and given you the power to create wealth. Huh. So yeah. he's giving you the power. Now you have to exercise that power. You just didn't put it on your lap and then give it out. No, you have to use that power to create wealth. And so, you know, don't be outworked. Don't be out hustled. Don't be outproved, right? Because simply so somebody else has resources and you don't. You need to get yourself squared away. You're working with, you know, our faith and they need to be out there too, as well. And especially right now in a recession. You know, there's a shifting of the money from the wicked to, you know, to the righteous right now, sadly a lot of money is being shifted to the wicked because mm-hmm. the righteous isn't having a voice out there. And what is considered radical today? The, the The crazy thing about what's considered radical today are people that love their family. They love marriages. They love kids. They love America, right? Why yeah. are we considered radical? Because the other voice has more finance and funding making that a bigger megaphone than we are. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of people today are confused. Instead of being the United States of America, America, we're coming a little bit more of a divided States of America. And you know, when, when you are successful, when you're blessing people, your, your, your resources and, and people sense that you are more there than just a paycheck commission check, but you're there for a purpose and a mission or crusade. People are attracted to that. That's how Mm -hmm. you win. So you recruit people and you can flip people and convert people Mm -hmm. to, to, to what God has called us all to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So good. Well, well stated. Thank you very much, Matt. Really appreciate you being on the Kingdom Community Show. Such a blessing to have you join us today. And again, everybody pick up a copy of Matt's book, Faith Made Millionaire, and you can get it on Amazon. You can get it at the website, faithmademillionaire.org. God bless everybody. Thanks
0: for joining us today at the Kingdom Community. We trust that you are encouraged as a result of spending time with us. We exist to connect, equip and send you out into the world to fulfill your destiny and advance the kingdom of God. To learn more about the Kingdom Community, please visit our website, kingdomcommunity.global. Again, our website is kingdomcommunity.global. Together, we are better.